Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. Today on Core Principles, we're going to be discussing a new book by best-selling author David Horowitz. The book is called I Can't Breathe, and as you might guess, it has to do with the summer of 2020, particularly, and an organization called Black Lives Matter, which we'll probably refer to as BLM or BLM Inc. I want to make sure listeners distinguish, as I do, between the unassailably true principle that black lives do indeed always matter, and the organization that cynically uses that unassailably true principle as their name, but has nothing necessarily to do with that principle. It's my honor to welcome back to Core Principles, the best-selling author of I Can't Breathe, David Horowitz. I thank you for writing another important book like this, and thank you, of course, for the opportunity to talk with you about it. Uh, I want listeners to understand we're only going to scratch the surface of this very densely packed book. It's so thoroughly documented. It has 71 pages of small font endnotes. So if you're interested in diving into the topics that David Horowitz discusses in this book, he gives you the keys to unlock all those doors. David Horowitz, what motivated you to put in the tremendous effort it took to create this document, I Can't Breathe? You know, I started life as a leftist. My parents were communists. And one of my first communist demonstrations uh, was uh, civil rights was the issue. Communist Party, like the left generally, uses black America as a weapon against America for their real agenda, which is to create a communist state. But it made a deep impression. I was only nine years old, so it made a deep impression on me. I didn't see the reality until I was much older. I came to appreciate as I turned on to what the left was really about, that it wasn't about peace and justice, it was about hating America, to America's virtues with how this country was created as such an egalitarian and inclusive and tolerant country that it is and that the left has been on destroying. So I, I, my interest was all, already there. This is the fourth book I've written about race. Uh, one was pretty prescient. Uh, I, I dreamed it up in 1999 and uh, with the title Hating White People is a Politically Correct Idea. Mm-hmm. And it became, when it finally got published, it was published as Hating Whitey and Other Progressive Causes. Early on understood that race was the chief weapon the left had. It, had, it, it couldn't sell its programs. I mean, it, every everything it touches is a disaster or a catastrophe. Every country it's come to dominate, it's destroyed. And we're in the process of seeing that happen in America. So it was natural for me to be interested when the George Floyd's arrest and death happened. But I realized right at the outset that it had nothing to do with race. Uh, before, first of all, every all the judgments were in before there was any 
investigation of the facts. No autopsy, no toxicology report, no interviews. That's a lynching. That's what you call a lynching when you get the verdict first in the trial. By the time it comes as a foregone conclusion, which is exactly what happened in this case. And what Black Lives Matter has done is create a national lynch mob, which is the most frightening aspect uh, of their achievements. There was definitely a presupposition that it must be race motivated. And I wondered where was the evidence for that? It wasn't. Why? Because there are four cops who've been charged with murdering Ho-Ho. George Floyd. Um, two of them are minorities. One of them is black and he joined the police force to reform, reform it. The police chief is black. The whole apparatus in Minneapolis is leftist. There isn't a conservative in sight. The attorney general of the state, the chief prosecutor, Keith Ellison, is was a Farrakhan spokesman. That's how left Minnesota is. Although I knew this at the, from the outset, that it had nothing to do with race. After this mock trial was over, and you have to call it a mock trial, when the president of the United States announces he's praying for a guilty verdict, when people are threatening jurors, when everybody knows that if the police are let off, there's going to be riots that will kill people and destroy things. How can you have a fair trial? Well, you can't. But it happens that 60 Minutes interviewed Keith Ellison, who, as I say, was the chief prosecutor. And he had suppressed these videos of the early arrest, which showed how solicitous the cops were and concerned about George Floyd. George Floyd was drugged out of his gourd. He was hysterical. He was paranoid. He was screaming, I can't breathe, when no one was touching him because he had ingested four times the lethal dose of fentanyl, which is how he died. Uh, you can't kill somebody with a knee to the side of the neck. There's no windpipe there, it's here. You can only stop a blood flow to the brain. And in fact, this was used 247 times in the previous five years is one of the things that I reported, I can't breathe. Out of 247 applications of the knee to the neck, not one person died. All the experts who testified that he died because of the knee are frauds. They lied because they thought lying served justice. When you have a beautiful idea like justice, beware, because there's no lie it won't justify. Yes, sir. You think create a world where there's perfect harmony and no racism, no sexism, no poverty, no war. Uh, what lie would you not tell to uh, make that happen? And what crime would you not cover up or support? I did want to ask you, sir, if this is going to ask for speculation on your part, but after your research, why do you suppose that the jurors ignored the report that said he had the lethal, beyond lethal doses of fentanyl and other drugs? Excuse the police. It's a foregone conclusion. It's the same mentality that motivates lynch mobs. You know, they finish the job since they're not official. What we have is an official government-sanctioned lynch mob. The chief racist in America is Joe Biden. And all the whole weight of our culture, our national culture now, 
is to convict cops who are of racism and, and mur having murder in their hearts for black people. There isn't one Black Lives Matter case where a black person was killed because of the color of their skin, not one. In my book, I go through 26 of them. But anyway, 60 Minutes interviewed Keith Ellison, who was the chief prosecutor on the case, right after the trial. The question they asked was, was there a racial element? And his answer, Keith Ellison's answer, we couldn't find one. Well, if he couldn't find one, it wasn't for not looking it's because there was none. When I looked at the other cases, and you know, my curiosity was roused in the first place by the black cop that was implicated in the murder, supposedly of, of, for racial reasons. Not that anybody ever mentioned that he was black or that he had those reasons. You just don't examine those issues if they expose something that's too horrible to contemplate. And I think, I think my book would be very hard for anybody uh, who's not a conservative to take. I don't expect any reviews. I don't expect any comments on the book except name calling because it's too, too awful to contemplate what they did. This was the worst civic violence in the history of the country. They killed, there were, something like a dozen people killed directly by the rioters. But then there were 2,000 Blacks who were killed because of the defund the police movement and the crime surge that followed. And you point out that 81% of African Americans want, want nothing to do with defund the police. They say, please don't do that. I supported the Black Panther Party. I believed our propaganda, that they were persecuted, not because they were a violent gang, but because... They were black, uh, but I discovered the black community didn't support the Panthers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I raised a lot of money. We bought a Baptist church. We held Sunday sermons, and it was always completely filled with Panthers. There were no neighborhood blacks there because they knew that the Panthers were gangsters. Well, speaking of that, David Horowitz, a different kind of question about the organization, the BLM Incorporated. It's very lucrative for them beyond the dreams of avarice now. And they they were established by their own statements as trained Marxists, quote, with a queer feminist framework that grasped the importance of intersectionality, unquote. And that describes modern left leftism. It doesn't have anything to do with racial harmony. How do they get such credence? The answer is in the title of the book that I wrote in 1999, Hating White People is a Politically Correct Idea. Now, politically correct, that's the party line. The guy who coined the term political correctness, the biggest mass murderer in human history, Mao Zedong, it's to keep the party people in line. If you're politically incorrect, they cast you into the nether regions. You're put out in the cold, you'll have no friends. There are over 500,000 interracial crimes of violence committed between blacks and whites, black on white crime and white on black. 90% of the interracial crimes of violence are committed by blacks against whites. You have never heard anybody else say that. And yet it's uh, easily available statistic. There are things you can't say. 
You can tell monstrous lies the way the president does every day, but this one in particular on his day of his inauguration, that systemic racism touches every aspect of American life. There is no systemic racism in America. There is, there is one program that's obviously systemically racist, which is affirmative action. And they had to go to the Supreme Court to get a pass for it because it, affirmative action is an unconstitutional, illegal program that the Supreme Court has made an exception of. Because it violates the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which outlawed that. Outlawed institutional racism in so many words. There are 18,000 individual police departments. If one police force is rotten, there's still 17,999 that are okay. What the left wants to do, the communist left, which is in the White House, it wants to replace all 18,000, it wants to defund the 18,000 local police departments and replace them with a Gestapo, a national police force, the FBI, and now they want to add 80,000 treasury agents. We used to call them T-men. This is just another national police force. These people are not crazy. They're fascists. They're not certainly liberals. They're not progressives. Right. Fascism is really leftism because it's about centralized government control. It is on the same totalitarian, tyrannical side. Mussolini was a leftist. He was a Leninist. Mm -hmm. And he got disillusioned by the First World War because Marx had said that workers would revolt that couldn't, if a work, there was a world war, workers would identify, would not identify with their ruling classes and they would end it. But all the working class parties supported the First World War. It was a great moment of disillusionment. Well, another pursuit that BLM talks about uh, that has nothing to do with racial harmony. They have a stated goal, quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure, unquote. David Horowitz, why did the folks running BLM want to disrupt families? Simple. It's the same reason they hate religion. Actually, my best-selling book is called Dark Agenda. It's been a bestseller for three years. And the subtitle is The War to Destroy Christian America. Why do they hate religion? Because people who are religious answer to a higher power than Nancy Pelosi. It's that simple. Amen. The same thing with the family. It's, a, it's an island of resistance. Look, where's the revolt against these fascists in the White House taking place? It's in the schools. It's parents in the schools. That family bond is more powerful than the bonds of the state. And so now the attorney general says, I think they might be domestic terrorists in America, families who are concerned about their kids. Amazing. Snake Merrick Garland. This is the worst, most corrupt, most evil attorney general we have ever had, which is saying something when you consider that Janet Reno incinerated 80 religious people, maybe mainly women and children and during the Clinton administration. Never ceases to amaze me why conservatives are so dense. Um, the left 
understands political warfare. Therefore, they get away with murder. I'd like to quote a way that you summarized uh, the, the 26 cases that you mentioned you detail uh, in the book, I Can't Breathe. You're talking about how uh, they're dishonestly portrayed by BLM Incorporated. You say, quote, not one cop accused by BLM can be described as having committed a premeditated killing without extenuating circumstances, nor can they be described as white racists determined to kill innocent blacks. By contrast, every cop killed by an individual inspired by BLM's reckless claims, including the five Dallas officers, three in Louisiana, and two executed in New York in their squad car, was murdered in cold blood and murdered because he was a cop and because he was not black. Now, given that BLM Inc. is telling lies, you know, just in bold print all the time, how do they get away with it? Because people are lazy, because the media is corrupt, because the president of the United States is the, is the head of the Klan. People won't stand up to this weight of the, they're not going to read the books that I read. They're not going to, you know, I actually, when I first conceived this book, I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America. I thought, I'll do the whole thing out of Wikipedia. Well, I dropped the idea of Wikipedia because I thought, well, people will challenge its veracity. So I backed up all the sources with other sources. But it's all in Wikipedia. You know, they, they were honest enough at the time to print enough of the truth so that you can see there's something really wrong. Let me say, I mean, I'm somebody, I'm a conservative who thought um, Black Lives Matter, of course, started with the Trayvon Martin case. And I'm one of the few conservatives that I've taken more heat for this than almost anything I've ever done that thinks that George Zimmerman, the neighborhood watch guy who killed Trayvon should have been given a, a manslaughter. He should have been convicted of manslaughter and put away for a very long time. Yes, sir. And Especially that, because he pursued. I mean, he was absolutely he in the wrong. Yeah. And Philandro Castile, this is a this is a case that's just tragic. The cop was Hispanic. Castile told the cop when he was stopped for a broken taillight or something like that, that he had a concealed weapon. But then when he reached for his ID papers, the cop panicked and, and the gun went off. Right, he you know, pulled the trigger, whatever happened. It was in a moment of hysteria. And that's unfortunate, but it's still criminal. It's, it's, a it's still accountable. Yes, sir. It's manslaughter. And this cop cried on the witness stand. There's no way that he was... He killed this guy because he was black. Well, David Horowitz, in your in your book, I Can't Breathe, uh, you, you point out that BLM Incorporated is clearly not a civil rights organization. And indeed, they oppose the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They oppose his dream. But I'd like to ask you about a person you mentioned uh, that you say they draw their inspiration from, a terrorist named Asada Shakur. What should listeners know about her? Yeah, instead of Martin Luther King as their icon, he's actually their enemy because he believes in a colorblind society. Their icon is Asada Shakur. She was a 
demented member of the Black Liberation Army, which specialized in robbing banks and murdering cops. She was convicted of killing a cop. And she was sprung from jail by another group of demented Americans, the Weather Underground, who have a direct line into the Obama White House because Billy Ayers bombed the Pentagon. Not only was he Barack Obama's mentor, but he ghosted his so-called autobiography. They engineered the escape of Asada Shakur from prison. And while she was out, her car, her car was stopped. Well, she, she eventually fled to Cuba with the help of a Black Lives Matter person, Susan Rosenberg, and another weather underground peak criminals. A New Jersey trooper named Werner Forster, not knowing who was in the car, stopped the car for a broken taillight. And as he walked over to the car, she shot him. And while he was lying, uh, on the pavement in a pool of his own blood and pleading for his wife. He had two small children and was a Vietnam vet. She executed him. That's their heroine. They call her Mama Shakur. They pray to her. That's their role model people. Mm. But, you know, the, the real racism in our country is the racism of the left. It excuses all this. Well, as we wrap up this interview, David Horowitz, uh, your book, reading your book to prepare for this, inspired me to think about a very current event that just happened when Alec Baldwin shot a cinematographer on the set of his movie, Rust. And the question I have is just a thought experiment. If the cinematographer were a black woman instead of a white woman, would there be outcry from Black Lives Matter? I have an answer, but I'm really curious uh, to yours. I, I think they would give Alec Baldwin a pass. Yes, sir, because they're first leftists. They are not about what they say they're about. They're about leftism. I agree 100%. Don't call them liberals. Don't call them progressives. Don't even call them crazy. They're not crazy. They're fascists. Yes, sir. We, we are in the early stages of a fascist regime, and we're about one election away from having a permanent fascism. Are you surprised, David Horowitz, at how quickly that Biden and company have been able to destroy the, the greatness that Trump had brought back? Uh, yes and no. And the, the main reason for no is that I've watched the left take control of the Democrat Party for 50 years. I've written a lot about it in a lot of books. It, it, it really took off in 1968 when Tom Hayden organized a riot at the Democrat convention. At the time I was editing the largest magazine of the left. And we took a decision that we were not gonna cover this event because we knew he was planning, I mean, I knew Hayden. We knew he was planning a riot and we were not really good leftists because we didn't want to see people getting hurt. Mm. He, I had this experience with Tom Hayden, which I, written about in my autobiography, where we were watching the cops. There was a, a plot of land which the left claimed, well, they just stole, that belonged to the University of California. And they renamed, it was for uh, dormitories, and they renamed it People's Park. 
And when the cops showed up and the tear gas began flying, I was standing with Hayden and I got worried. I, I said, people are gonna, a guy was actually killed. I said, people are gonna get hurt. And he sort of, like my uncle, put his arm around me and said, David, you have to understand, what we have to do is we have to lure middle-class white kids into situations where they will get their heads cracked and that will make them radicals. Mm. That is the fascist mentality of the left. That's the way their leaders think. And they they've taken over Washington, D.C. Yeah, people give them a pass. This guy, Milley. General Mark Milley? Yeah. In January 2nd, 2021, this is Trump has lost the election. And it happens to be the anniversary of his assassination of uh, General Soleimani, the world's leading terrorist who responsible for thousands of American deaths. Every wounded warrior, wounded, maimed for life by an IED is a victim of General Soleimani, who was in charge of that program. So it was the one year anniversary and the Iranians took advantage of that. So their leader, Rouhani, said that this year, Trump will not only be removed from office, he will be removed from life because we cannot forgive the killing of General Soleimani. So of course they scrambled the national security team in the White House and the Capitol. And of course, General Milley being the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and chief advisor, chief advisor to the president, chief military advisor, was at the center of these sessions. And these two Washington Post reporters wrote a book. It's called, I, it's an anti-Trump book called I Alone Can Fix This. And they described these meetings. And in the meeting, General Milley is targeting not the Iranians, but Trump and saying that Trump is Hitler in so many words and that the people who support him are Nazis. These are, uh, this is practically a direct quote. These are the guys we fought in World War II. I'm going to put a ring of steel around the White House, which is what they did with the fake January 6th insurrection. The worst part of this story is those are best-selling books. They got praised by Anderson Cooper that saying that Millie was such a constitutionally correct general, non-political. When he's attacking his own elected president, the most popular president in American history. As a not, that's how bad off we are, people. Get out there and fight. Yes, sir. Well, David Horowitz, the book, I Can't Breathe. Listeners, it's a must read. And I tell you, the documentation about the 26 hoaxes, not just the one, is incredible. And the consequences that you saw unfolding last year and that you continue to see unfolding stem from these things and uh, can't just be brushed off. Uh, it is affecting your life in ways that you, you can't just ride out. So thank you so much, David Horowitz, for writing the book and for uh, fighting the fight and for speaking with me today on Core Principles. Thank you, Clay, for helping me spread the word. Appreciate it. Core Principles podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July. 
L-E-I-G-H-T July. You can find her music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Core Principles Podcast. Please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information. And please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.